so yeah, some people's like, um, what are you gonna do with your life? I'm I'm waiting for my grandfather to die. <laughs> <laughs> Then I'll be a duke. <laughs> Follow me on TikTok. There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Peanuts and Cracker Jacks. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. Casey. I still don't have a noise. <laughs> and a returning guest star, Chase. Hello. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? This month, take me out to the ball game because it is sports ball month, baby. We're oh. watching... Movies that you could be forgiven for thinking are just about baseball because we're on a bit of a trend now, but it's supposed (laughs) to be anything involving sports. Which is baseball. We're American, Dave. Get get over it. Yeah, it's the only sport we're allowed to have. (laughs) But all the baseball movies are never about how the game works, so you're not, there's never too much baseball in it. Last week we watched De Niro and Wesley Snipes in The Fan. It was an experience. I get why it flopped. Shannon! (laughs) Chase is our special guest. You got to pick out our movie for this week, so what did we watch? This week, I dug into the back of my grandmother's old TV stand and found (laughs) a Disney directed DVD classic, (laughs) Angels in the Infield, the third film in the angels in the series i'm sure many of you know the star-studded cast that was angels in the outfield but this is (laughs) angels in the infield so busy they were so busy just couldn't drop by angels in the infield is a perfect encapsulation of the year 2000 i will say that i yeah and i'll say that's not a good thing I had some feelings about the butterfly clips and the bully's hair. I was, Ooh. <laughs> that bring some things back for you. Oh, a lot, a lot. I was like, no, this is perfect. Chase, before we go too far, we're gonna need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in ten seconds or less. Here's your setup. Your dreams have come true, and you have made it into the major leagues. Congratulations, Chase. You're up to bat for the first time. What you don't know is that the terrible angels that are pitching to you are actually being helped by real angels that are a little bit rusty. And they're about to throw a fastball 102 miles an hour straight into your fucking chest. So in the 10 seconds before this pitcher releases and knocks the wind out of you, sell us on this movie. A father works harder at avoiding his parental responsibilities than his daughter works trying to save his career using an angel who bullies and sabotages everyone in her path while she tries to get her family back together. Nine seconds! Holy shit! Or ten? I don't know. That was beautiful. You just... (laughs) It it threw Mama from the train and drug her on a full ten seconds, I think. I don't know. I was mesmerized. Wow. You just encapsulated everything I hated about everyone in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast over. That was it. Right. That was the thing. 
the more we discuss it, the more like and that you bring up the fact that like the angels are actually cheating. Um, it just this feels like a um a slight metaphor for like steroids. Oh. <laughs> I've got some angels helping me, if you know what I mean. So can you pee for me? Casey, you are in center field playing for these god awful angels, about ready to catch the final out a four thousand foot fly ball hit directly <laughs> above your head when two angels pick you up to just <laughs> just lift you up in the sky and catch this egregious pl- uh, egregious hit and suddenly you're dropped plummeting down to the sky without the ball so before you hit the ground and let down the maybe 50 people in the stands watching you guys play this game <laughs> um, tell us tell us what you thought about this movie the tick gets a leech teen whose invisible friends help him get unfired. <laughs> Four seconds. I thought there was going to be more than that, but no. I guess you're not wrong. Two very different but very accurate takes on what we right. watched today. <laughs> you, yours was the Shakespearean masterpiece. Mine was the cliff notes of that art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. glad we both are ragging on this kid and just like, what the fuck, dude? To find out why we hated this kid, let's go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. Patrick Warburton is having a bad day. Not only is he on the worst team in the MLB, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, but mid-game, he has to watch his ex abandon his child that he aggressively doesn't want in the stadium. Mm-mm. I mm, I really want to say that you're being like dramatic or exaggerating, uh-huh. but uh, that you, if anything, you're downplaying the reality <laughs> of the scene. It gets worse. His ex-wife abandons the child, tries to flee the stadium, and his agent has to wrestle her and hold her captive for a whole inning just so that Warburton still has a chance at, I I, I guess, ditching the kid back on her and living his bachelor lifestyle. I'll pay more child support. It's totally normal. Please don't. A man whose career is also defined by his very, very slow delivery. He pitches the fastest inning of his life just so he can immediately run behind the like the backstop, climb through the net, and um, catch up to his ex-wife. Right, but also fuck her for literally trying to just abandon her child in the stands with a father who hadn't seen her in seven years. Where is the nosy grandma from last week? I guess it's unsurprising why they find that they have nothing in common if he's been abandoned or if he's abandoned her for that long. And that's why the father-daughter pair just steer clear of each other for some reason until uh, Laurel catches her dad replaying the game that, that made him lose his mojo because he had that one bad moment that he just never recovered from in 1992, right? Bottom of the ninth, and Don't Warburton know. just butterfingers a ground ball for an eternity, fucking up any chance the Angels have of winning the World Series. Because baseball isn't a sport just defined by failure. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was the movie set at time of release? Was in the universe, was it 2000? Yeah. So Patrick Warburton's just the dude who's watching his failure from eight years before? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And his daughter, who he hasn't seen in the last six to seven years, isn't doing the math on this? They almost make it seem like they, um... He's not seen his daughter since that game where, like, they're like, (laughs) here's his wife and his daughter right before he pitches this uh, last out. You know, they're excited to watch him, like, reach the uh, 
win the pennant, you know, and then all right. of a sudden, you know, he he makes one little mistake and all of a sudden everything in his life is just gone. I want to put this nothing. in context, right? Like imagine Patrick Warburton is a server at a diner and they're having a busy day like it's Mother's Day, right? And he does his whole shift super well. At the end of his shift, he drops a glass. It shatters. Some people get upset about it. It's not, you know, shit happens. And then for the next eight years, he doesn't talk to anybody that he loves. And he obsesses over it and it ruins his life. Like, I just. You know what they say about women on ships and in baseball? They're unlucky. You got to just cut those toxic people out of your life, <laughs> save your mansion, and go about your day. Ever since that one tiny televised mistake, see, obviously he can't pitch or parent anymore. What? At all. Those are related skills. Laurel and the movie feels bad for her husband, Dad, and prays to St. David Allen Greer for her dad to make it to the American <laughs> League Championship Series. See, David Allen Greer used to pitch for the Angels, but he died before he could really make a name for himself. Want that backstory. What happened? Was he hit by a car? Was he killed by a rival baseball game? Yeah, they never tell us how he died. That bugged That's me, too. That's the part that I want to know. the piss out of me. How did he die at 30? So because David Allen Greer died before he could make a name for himself as a ball player, he never got his wings as an angel. Like, in heaven. Those are related. No, 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 Dave. David Allen never got his wings in heaven because he's never helped anyone. I think. I don't know. Damn, we'll talk about him. Anyway, it doesn't matter because he gets dropped to earth and starts harassing Laurel at school, torturing her bullies like children. I guess I guess this is some Old Testament shit, right? Like torturing children. <laughs> and he gets a ragtag group of second string angel baseball players to help the on earth angels, the um, you know, the baseball team. Unfortunately, these celestial angels need some coaching and we need a reason for Laurel and her dad to talk. So Laurel has Daddy Warburton teach her about baseball coaching so that she can scream at people no one else can see in an abandoned ball field. <laughs> it's a totally normal thing for a, like, what, 14-year-old child to be doing? 13. Makes total sense. But the crazy thing is that Laurel's rants work, and the heavenly angels are able to help the earthly angels not only begin to believe in themselves again, but more importantly, win, because it's Disney and winning is important. The Angels are winning, and Patty Warburton and his kid are thick as thieves. And everything is going according to, I assume, the Lord's plan? But wait, see, there's actually conflict. It's a, a scheduling conflict, that is. The most <laughs> exciting form of conflict. I know, right? Legitimately, like, the main villain of the film, if you can call it that, is just poor scheduling. Laurel's ballet recital is the same day as the final American League game. Well, however, like the, the the game is scheduled for early in the day, and it's supposed to end on time. I mean, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily the scheduling conflict. It's just, like, weather. I, If you are a professional baseball player, and you have a game that is scheduled to end at 3 p.m., can you reasonably be scheduled somewhere else at 4? Right. That seems right. I that question seems... the commitments required of a baseball right. player post-game. Post-championship game. Overtime right. is a thing, right? And like they have to right. do interviews. Overtime is a thing. Delays are a thing. Interviews right. are a thing. I don't truly believe you had any chance of being there on time, Patty. Oh, and get this Warburton's longtime nemesis plays on the opposite team and is getting help from literal Satan or a very sunburnt man. 
hard to say. <laughs> he does he does the Satan fingers thing a lot. Well, in order to make Warburton choose between ball and ballet, Satan makes it rain for an hour. So no worries, Dave. David Allen Greer has a power that all parents wish they had. A fast forward button for their kids' boring shit. He speeds up their ability to perform their recital stuff by like just tuning it up. It's great. Voila! Patrick makes it back in time for the end of the game to win it on faith alone. Because if you remember from the last film, or I should say the first film, angels can't intervene on playoff games because reasons. I, I don't remember that. I think it's very presumptuous of the film to think anyone remembers anything from the first one. I also find it interesting that for him to miss all but the final inning of the game with these devils helping the other team, they're only winning by two runs. It's such a... Like, right. A... right. They've right. just They're been supposedly hurting players listening. and getting them ejected and shit. And also... You may know this, like, these are the questions I ask my stepdad, and then he leaves the room to watch sports other places. So could a pitcher in real life, says he plays for the Yankees, can he just show up at the last minute? Doesn't he have to be there at the start of the game? If you know, like, say you're Derek Jeter, and you don't really have time to hit until the eighth or ninth inning because you have a dentist appointment that overlaps with the game because you're also bad at scheduling, can he just show up? I mean, they are allowed to make substitutions. I just find it odd that they don't ever show any of it. It's just like, oh, shit, Eddie's here. Now he's in the game. As we are shown, they only have two other pitchers, both of whom are terrible pitchers. So how the fuck have oh. you only given up two runs up to this point? Like, yeah. even without the Devils intervening, like, they are not capable of putting a ball in the catcher's mitt. Right. They're like, no, no, no. They all became better at baseball as they began to believe in themselves. Oh, so even the backup pitchers are competent now? Yeah, was the implication. I think that we should begin talking about the vision of heaven and angels and demons, the whole cosmology of angels in the infield, because it is amazing. So can I just give you what I think hell is supposed to look like? Sure. And the reason they didn't show hell is because it would just be a back shot of the back of your head watching this movie. <laughs> and that's why they can't break the fourth wall. So that's why they didn't have it in here. But I'm pretty sure that was it. But heaven looked like shit. It looked moldy. I know there's were supposed to be clouds, but it looked like. Some yogurt I forgot about. It it did. The only heaven that we see is the the baseball field where David Allen Greer and Babe Ruth and the other former it's baseball players play. It's not a baseball play. field, but though. Yeah, it's, it's not a baseball field. It's not. Because it's it like, like it's made of clouds and very lumpy. Like very there's lumpy. a lot of you'd have to have great calves to play ball they, on this field. It kind of looks like the whipped cream on your milkshake after it's like sort of melted. It's, it's like become almost liquidy, but yeah, still with huge has, crevices like, and gaps. Yeah, yeah. It right. looked like a Lawrence Welk set with a medium budget. <laughs> medium. <laughs> Their wings were terrible. Right. When they were clapping. I'm just saying, if you slap like a red color filter on this and add some little lava effects to the clouds. And then oh. you tell me that this is actually Babe Ruth was sent to hell. And this is just his hell where he gets struck out by second stringers and an umpire calls balls strikes. 
That makes more sense than what we see here. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. I, I have further questions about the cosmology of this universe, too. Sure. Because, sure. so Laurel prays for help for her father, and she gets a bunch of former baseball players that are now angels to help out the team. Yes, right? but not the best baseball players. Not yeah, the one best. of them's a woman. <laughs> oh! <laughs> not the best baseball players, which also kind of implies, I think, that all the best baseball players are in hell. <laughs> but moving on. Sorry, blood doping counts, guys. But moving on. I am fascinated by the fact that the angels you get are entirely dependent on their skills in real life. I work in IT. What happens if I pray for angelic help? Do I just get a bunch of like old Unix graybeards that are yelling at me for not using assembly? Yes. Yeah, yes. probably. Probably. There's like 10 years worth of angels for me to actually pick from. I love that you assume that there are people that are in IT that go to heaven. That's also that's another also fair. group of people that shouldn't. <laughs> I love that this heaven has has different classes of angels, right? There's the wingless and the winged angels. So like there's a high, I, I guess that there's already a hierarchy built into it, but there's even further fucking hierarchies as you go down. Classism is still alive in heaven. Yeah, right? Good. Nothing has fucking changed. It's just the same. I'm telling you, okay, see, that just is further evidence of Dave's theory that this is actually just hell that we're shown. <laughs> what, if, what if that's what happened? Laurel just prayed to hell, right? She thought she prayed to heaven. Hell was like, nah, yeah. I got this. I'm listening. But Jumps she's in. not saved. I mean, yeah, and that's could, what happens. Could Colin <laughs> hey. Fox actually be God? I mean, he is some old white man who, like, just, you know, like, comes from, like, the sky or whatever, you know? like Could be. Got a right. sunburn. Passing the sun. I, we're supposed to root for the angels and root against the devils, but they're both interfering in the games in the exact same ways. Yeah, they're both cheating. Like, okay. So part of this setup, right? So you've got the angels helping out like like they did in the original movie. And then you have in this one, Satan comes and gives some bonus powers to to Warburton's arch nemesis and helps them out. And everybody we're supposed to be thinking, oh, my God, they're bad for cheating. But they're just leveling the fucking playing field. Do they really cheat, though? What what powers does um, is it Randy Fleck that does he get? Like you just you see that like Satan just kind of like makes him bleed to like put his blood on the counter he doesn't even like yeah. kind of agree to it he's just kind of like all right yeah you're, yep i got gotcha. you that's the uh that's the arch nemesis yeah who sells yeah. his soul to satan for help in the final game but the only thing satan does to help him is just tell him what pitches are coming yeah we never see him actually help him like connect with a swing he does that all him on his own specifically but he helped other devils like by holding the bats of the angels so they couldn't swing like but all they had to pitches. do was believe in themselves, and it they could swing even if the devils were holding it. So right, yeah. I guess I guess we figured out the story of the the movie. What it's supposed to be about is believing in but yourself. But if you want help, you have to believe in yourself. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, steroids are greater than faith. <laughs> it's yeah. just a metaphor like, for steroids. Yeah, no matter how much you believe in God, like <laughs> genetically engineered, like um testosterone that's meant to help you like perform better is always gonna win yeah the more i think about it because the devils didn't even really get the opportunity to level the playing field because yeah like really. they hold the bats but if the players just believe in themselves that's ineffective 
versus the angels who will explicitly possess the bodies of the players and just puppet play for them. I have problems with that also, on multiple levels. How does the alternative team believe their way out of that? Yeah, the, the angels lift the other players up. They clearly give them physical advantages that are well beyond what they other people can do. And the worst thing that the devils do is play interference that's overridden by belief. <laughs> I mean... I, the majority of the devil's interaction is just calling out the pitches, which is a real thing that already happens in baseball. So, Okay, Dave, you had mentioned that the uh, the angels do some possession, right? At one point, the female angel possesses a male um, a baseball and player, he and he, he gets big tits. Big old tits. Big old titties. Big old that's, That makes sense. But there's she another. Didn't, her tits weren't that big. Wait a minute. Back the fuck up. Her tits weren't that big. Whose tits were those? <laughs> Whose tits did she get? That's true. I didn't consider that in the moment. But the ghost angel that we're seeing does not have the, like, G cups that Jessica rabbit tits that they put on this man. Like, they were, really like, size man. appropriate for him. But he was the biggest guy in the team. Yeah. Oh, he, so, he, like, those would look like Pam Anderson torpedoes on the front of this tiny baseball woman. Okay. Yeah, who was, like, five foot five. He was busty. We actually, yeah, we got to pause because you just made me piece together that whole sequence in a way I didn't at the time because I was very bored. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Let's go through that you. scene top to bottom. Sure. Warburton's kid comes up to him and says, hey, you got to put, I don't know, Johnny in. I don't care what the character's name is. Warburton <laughs> oh goes to the coach who, and says, hey, we got to put Johnny in as a pinch hitter. And the coach says, Johnny, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. He sucks. He's the worst he's player like 100 in the, on the league. Year. He's the worst player in the league. Johnny doesn't remember to bring a bat with him when he heads up to the plate. That's how dumb he Johnny is. Lee goes to leave the dugout and head like to the bathroom or into the locker room, to be clear. Yeah. So Johnny well, has a lot of CTE that no <laughs> one is willing to address or acknowledge. Yeah, hey, he's, yeah, he's also say, getting like a secret rub down from this angel. <laughs> they say so, he's batting a cool one fifteen for the season. So from everyone else's perspective, the worst player in the league steps up to the plate as a pinch hitter, grows huge tits. <laughs> Big old like, tits. Like the umpire like takes his mask off and just kind of just <laughs> stare, like, uncomfortably stares at them like for a moment. Like Yeah. Yeah. Knocks it out of the park and then barely remembers that he has to run around the plate. What is going through the coach's mind at that point when he looks back over at Warburton, who's just nodding sagely as though any of this makes sense? <laughs> Time get, out. He's probably really excited to hit the showers. Time out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck yes. I've been saying we need to get a broad around here. Listen, I'm going to call bullshit if I wanted to see him run the bases with big old titties for the first time because you guys will understand why we carry them upstairs. He's not wearing... Did he grow a bra, too? Was he wearing a bra? <laughs> run without a bra with big tits. You don't. That's, That's why true. we're always the first to die in horror movies because we're not running that fat. It, I would rather die than run full tilt with no bra on. Fair enough. Yeah, I have nothing. That's... Fair. Yes. Dave, how are you feeling now that you pieced all of that together? I just, the whole sequence of this movie, all of the possession is super weird to me because it never sure. actually feels appropriate to the scene that it's in. 
No. no. And it clearly doesn't involve the consent of the people whose bodies are being taken over. Right. So, like, one of the biggest scenes of possession in the film, when David Allen Greer possesses Warburton's daughter so that she can nail her ballet audition. I but hated Oh, God. They, she just lip syncs. That's not ballet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a ballet recital. Yeah. But she turned it into uh, America's Got Talent. Right. It's some America's Got Talent karaoke bar bullshit. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's not ballet. So the only thing I can piece together out of this is that as she's doing it, a bunch of other people get possessed and like forced into acting as supporting characters in her little music video. So obviously the woman running this ballet clinic is like, okay, holy shit, this is some children of the corn shit. So I better just give this child whatever she wants or else we're all going to be marched in front of a semi. Well, yeah, it's some fucking children of the corn shit. The, the angels possess people to make them sing despite them clearly not wanting to. They try and shove hands over their mouth. There's music coming from they don't know where because the teacher tries to shut off the radio like five times and obviously nothing happens because that's not where the music is coming from. Kids start lifting in the air and flying around. It's a fucking nightmare. I would... That's trauma. I, I can't even describe the amount of trauma that those people are going to have, right? Because none of them know that they are angels doing this. They're just going to be like, hey, remember that time I was possessed into this performance of ballet and it and I lost control of my body and now it's all I think about and I haven't slept for 32 days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like something you'd read in The Sandman. Right. Speaking of Patrick Warburton, his character, Eddie Everett, question, dad of the year or dad of the century? I, dude, this is two <laughs> weeks in a row of god-awful fathers, but at least the yeah. fan, like, was honest about that. Uh, Angels in the right. infield I mean, really wants me to Eddie. think that he's turning a corner, but he's just getting good at baseball again, and everybody's like, <laughs> yay, dad! He's, he's very upfront. Like, he, he takes her into, like, his home gym, and he's just like, look, like, let's not try to change each other here. Like, I am who I am. <laughs> like, this is, like, verbatim. Uh, I am who I am. I'm selfish. I'm self-centered. I like being like that. So, uh, you know, just uh, figure it out. Um, here's some, you know, mats you can sleep on because you <laughs> yeah. don't get a bed. And um, I kept your dolls. So ha have fun playing with those. In a box in his gym. Yeah. 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 I mean, on the one hand, I can't fault him for being unprepared to house a child that right. was literally mm -hmm. abandoned at his game. Sure. So, like, if the second bedroom is a home gym currently, then, like, oh, okay. But also, bro, you have a couch. I saw it. Right. Right. Why no. are you making her sleep on exercise mats? She's not allowed right. on the furniture because she cock-blocked <laughs> him in the elevator. Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. And it is a savage cock-block. She knows she's not mm. a, a draw to the package <laughs> she mm. knows patrick warburton is very successfully hitting on a woman in the elevator and then she just looks up and says daddy when is mommy coming home i'm again replaying some stuff and this is actually making me like uh the daughter character a little bit more than i did during the movie because we see at the very beginning of the movie uh, when we're introduced to her, she's talking about how she loves ballet and she doesn't know anything about baseball, right? Right. And she blatantly cock blocks her father in the elevator. Yes. 
But then one of the big twists of the film later is Warburton's ex-wife tells him that actually his daughter begged her to stay with him. She wanted to yeah. stay and get to know her father, yeah. who she shares no hobbies with, doesn't know anything about, Correct. and actively cock blocks him in like their first encounter. She wanted to fuck with him. That was. <laughs> Why would she want to stay at that school? She was shown to have zero friends. She has zero friends. Yeah. So you're sure. saying your mom is going to be a teacher at Harvard. Mm-hmm. She's going to have no connections for your schooling to transfer you there. Really? What? Like that mom just really did not want her kid to ruin her sexy single makeover on the East Coast. Oh, I, I love how the mom is this like very like academic academic um like math or like science teacher who's also like just watching these baseball games like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mid, mid lecture nonetheless and gets super horny for her ex-husband as soon as he starts rebounding his baseball career and presumably starts smelling some money in the water Right, right. Yes. Like, hey, Disney, maybe don't make a movie saying, hey, kids, maybe if daddy gets good at his job again, the family will get back together. (laughs) Mommy will love him again because that's all it was ever about. Daddy was right. Wait, was she supposed to be teaching science or math? Because at one point she's talking about the Pythagorean theorem, and I'm thinking I thought she was a math teacher, and I'm going, I'm pretty sure if you're lecturing at Harvard, Pythagorean theorem is something that – your students probably are aware of maybe that's for the dip dip class of like people whose parents just straight up paid to get them in there that's the classroom for the people whose grandparents have a name on a building oh gotcha gotcha so yeah so do you think patrick warburton was a bad guy clearly yeah obviously he abandoned all of his family because he was bad at his job one time Right, yeah. I mean, he's clearly... Can, there's a part where, where Patrick Warburton remakes the uh, the gym, home gym into a bedroom. But he says, I didn't know what you like. So I just want to unpack that. Because instead of taking two seconds or a little bit of time to get to know his daughter and ask her questions and find out about her, he just makes some assumptions based on her gender and builds a room around that and says, I can't be bothered to get to know you. Hope you like this token effort of my money now that I'm making more money. Honestly, I feel like he should have asked his assistant because his assistant had to be the dad to her. He picked her up from school, took her to practice, spent time with her, watched her yell at invisible people in a field (laughs) and cheered her on and pretended to get into it, too. Yeah, I'm pretty triggered by the fact that they say all agents go to hell because I'm like. This guy is doing good in the world. Does intent matter? He was forgiven at the end of the film. He confessed to the mustard <laughs> everything he did. That's true. Oh my God. Okay. Um, I al- just think he didn't have to do that. Also, like something I feel like um was a little forgotten was like um Eddie Everett was so bad at his job that like if it wasn't for like the angelic help, um, in his last inning of pitching, he would have like never worked again. He he was released ostensibly like prior to the game they're like oh, just one last hurrah and he um steroided his way into a career that's true that's <laughs> yes. absolutely true that's true and like 
okay, again, this is uh, this is a 2000 Disney movie, so I'm not going to say I forgive it, but I'm going to say I understand when it tr- says you can do one big thing and that will g- achieve forgiveness. It's not <laughs> forgiven. It was just something they did a lot in movies at that time. Intensity over consistency. You know <laughs> yeah. the American way. Yeah. But I'm also going to say he's unabashedly not a good person. Because while he does commit to seeing his daughter's ballet recital, and he makes it to that in time, despite the fact that he's probably going to miss the championship game because of it, he is not going to bother extending that same concession to all the other parents attending their children's ballet recital that evening as he (laughs) fast forwards through all of their performances. But watching kids shit that isn't your own is hell in and of itself that's true very much so i know every parent in that audience wishes they could fast forward through i'm just saying there's about 75 other people that have some very weird vhs tapes in their cabinet now yeah no shit like what does it look like for the people that recorded that (laughs) yeah let's talk about the wake of destruction all of this angelic intervention oh yes because you have a state you have stadiums full of people and people who watch the show on tv watch a man fly like (laughs) many yards into a wall and not catch a ball but he is like (laughs) horizontal four feet off the ground flying into a wall how did that not break the country psyche because it was fixed with the tiktok that set it to superman that hoe right so we've got we've got nationally broadcast video evidence of uh a human flight yes correct with no explanation we've got what about a dozen people in a ballet school and a uh sports announcer that are now convinced they've had some form of psychotic break don't forget the guy that was picking his own nose because david allen greer was assaulting him Oh yeah, he did have a mental break. Dexter teaching the um the really shitty uh or great depending on your interpretation sports announcer. I love Dexter Deacon. He's the sports announcer that has a psychotic break after you know Angels. They they actually yeah it's basically just a recreation of the scene from Bruce Almighty where you have a, a an announcer that gets possessed by an angelic figure and just makes them go nuts on television or in this case on the radio. And it's not nowhere near as good. You should just watch that instead. But from the, <laughs> from that point on, this man's terrified of his own hand. It's yeah. a re- like he's broken for life now. How does he wipe? He can't trust his hand if he can't see it. So there's got to be some sort of elaborate setup of mirrors <laughs> so he can always see his hand. This dude has some sort of like constantine hellblazer toilet that he has to belt his right hand down on so that he can only trust the left one. Oh no but also every sport needs a dexter announcer because yeah i want to have i i want to have a pessimist and an optimist in the booth like boy it's a beautiful day it sure is and it's probably eddie elvert's last one buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did I, I enjoyed the way that he made his co-announcer just constantly look at him. And, but he wasn't ru- – like, he's supposed to be this bad guy because he's constantly naysaying on Eddie Everett and the Angels. But they are actually awful. And Eddie Everett Everybody is Everybody has generally... that drunk Christmas. Right. 
I don't. He's not wrong. He's not she, wrong. No, she it, never is. The only time he's wrong is when they start cheating. But um. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he predicts that they'll lose. Because, because reasonably, like when you have a terrible team, I know of the, the Detroit Lions, and they won a game once, and that doesn't imply that they're going <clears> to <throat> keep winning. I would have bet the next game that they would lose because I've seen the Lions winning history, and it's more or less non-existent. Oh, my God. Time out. We need to talk about the first time David Allen Greer assaults the teen girls in the cafeteria because the I ballet love that the ballet I just love that sentence. We need to talk goes, about the first time <laughs> David Allen Greer assaults those children in the cafeteria. Sold. Don't worry. They deserved it. They're ballet bitches, and they're being mean to Laurel, who's not good at ballet, even though it's her whole life or whatever, so we're told. They start roasting her in the lunch line and go to dump over some, like, fruit punch on her head, and David Allen Greer stops from pouring out, and you're like, oh, cool, that's nice. And then he starts forcing the girl's hand over her own head, and I was like, whoa, are we allowed to do that? Like, I thought you are an (laughs) eight was. Right? Oh, defense, yeah. a strong defense only. But he was reminding me that a strong defense is a strong offense and dumps the, the punch on our head. I the, the movie wants us to feel OK about it because we got to see David Allen Greer do some Looney Tunes shit where he like zipped around and wore a bunch of different costumes. But from everyone else's oh. perspective, this is fucking <laughs> Carrie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He also shoves spaghetti into one of the children's chests. They try to make it like an Eddie Murphy film. Right. It is not. One of those girls, though, does have a savage roast. She compares Laurel's dancing. She says she's as good at dancing as her father is at pitching. And I was like, yeah, damn, get her. Generational burn. Right? I did research for this. (laughs) 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 And they didn't, like... Uh, yeah, they had the internet. I guess she could have, but it would have taken a long time to it connect been, to it. Yeah, it so, been real like, shitty. she invested some time in this burn, and no one gives her respect for that. So, then after she can't dump the Kool Aid on her head, she tries to shove spaghetti on her chest or whatever. And that stopped. The spaghetti is not falling. Was he wearing a fucking baseball mitt? Because even with angel hands, noodles are going <laughs> to go through those fingers. But let's suspend our belief. This is straight up the force at this point. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He makes her hit another girl and get that girl instead. What if that girl is just afraid of being bullied and just like kind of going along? She didn't really attack anyone. I didn't see anything angelic about that food fight. Um, no. <laughs> what about the people that have to fucking clean it up, David? Yeah, it, Both. It, you and Alan Greer. <laughs> the further we dissect this, the more it feels like... I, I'm subscribing to the uh, um, this is actually hell theory. <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, that, that like the, these are actually the devils. Right, because this is a, some right. petty shit that this, this angel is giving trauma and torturing children. Because, right. yeah, I mean, they're shitty children, but children are shitty. Daddy Warburton and his telekinetic children of the corn child are the punishment that has been inflicted on this community for their sins. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so right. Oh, that makes sense. That, that makes, makes sense, sense now. Because they're ruining lives everywhere they go. 
Oh, wait, or maybe is it like a Tower of Babel thing for naming themselves the angels? Have they offended oh, God and this is... Oh, God's like, I'm going to help you. Wink, wink. Right, because God can't interfere in playoff games, but it's totally fine for him to artificially boost the worst team in the league up into the playoffs and then just abandon them there where they will surely be steamrolled. Yeah, it's like one of those situations where it's like you can cheat and like give yourself like so much of a head start that um you know but like just cross the finish line like the right way yeah i i was at the start of the marathon i was driven to the 26th mile and i I, went the same path though i ran that last point too (laughs) i drove the same path as everyone else ran right it is fair right i that's my kind of marathon i'm in one of my sleeper favorite parts about angels in the infield is the soundtrack to this because i don't know if you noticed but the lead song is like some custom track and then everything else is royalty free music (laughs) but let's talk let's start with the opening track it i've never heard bruce willis's band but i sound (laughs) i feel like this is what it would sound like As a baseball cracker jacks. No. Yeah, I from the from the first moments of this film, I knew I was in trouble because the very first shot of the film is just a title card of <laughs> Angels in the Infield, and that's mm, we've made some big advances in the last twenty-two years in opening sequences. But even in 2000, we were further ahead than just, I just put the name up there. Like, that's not a You're good sign. The Matrix. Dave, or after sitting down for the 89 minutes and watching this movie, would you watch it again? I find it slightly less painful than an actual baseball game, but maybe you disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's shorter, so there's that. But otherwise, I mean... It, it's a 2000 Disney Channel movie, so like asking at all, like, are you a cop? You have to tell me. <laughs> this feels like a trick. <laughs> I am not a cop. <laughs> then, the, no, I'm not gonna watch the Disney Channel, <laughs> not even original <laughs> Angels in the Infield again. I'm frankly shocked that we were all universally able to dig this film up out of the internet because it doesn't feel like the sort of thing that should have been recorded. It should be put in a box and buried with the rest of our sins from that era. Disney is doing everything in their power to, I think, do that. So, yeah, no, there's nothing here that I found particularly funny or entertaining. I feel bad for Warburton that he was in this at all. And, like, even just the central plot of the film, I find lazy and offensive. No, I'm definitely not going to watch <laughs> Angels in the Infield again. Uh, Jay, how about you? Uh, from 2000, the third in the Angels in the series, would you watch it again? There is some interesting, terrible comedy in this. Like, I don't know how I feel about the fact that the the players themselves call out Ode to Joy and it being uh, royalty-free, and then they have a weird, subversive conversation where everybody's like, oh, look at the baseball players huddling, probably talking about baseball, but they're actually having a, a discussion about which composer is best, which um, I agree with their coach, Schubert, right? Rocks the shit out of all of them, deep cut. But uh, other than that, no, yeah, I mean, it is, Dave, you're right. It's a fucking Disney film, and it 
just it really i i yelled about trauma the whole time all i did was yell about all the trauma that the angels caused and made me go who's the bad guy i don't i don't think the devil's the bad guy but it wasn't so much of a trash fire that i had a ton of fun and i really kind of wanted to go to sleep during the middle of it so no no i will not watch angels in the infield again but casey what about you 2000s angels in the infield would you watch it again i started this movie yelling I ended this movie yelling. You work me in with a bad Bruce Willis cover of Take Me Out to the Ball Game, but worse than Bruce Willis. And then you just show me what an asshole the tick is the whole time. And (laughs) no, no, I would not watch this movie again. But that is not to say I regret watching it. Yeah. Watching it was an experience. It's something I don't want to do again, but I absolutely, I'm going to say, recommend you watch it once. Watch the silent cut that, that Chase watched. Yeah. Um, it's but free on Chase, YouTube. I need to know, would you watch Angels in the Enfield again? Contrary to popular belief, I would and will watch Angels what? in the Field again. Yeah, what? you will. I, I actually purchased actually purchased the um Angels <laughs> in the Outfield and Infield two DVD set. What? So I can enjoy all of God and all of the God and baseball I can. Um I <laughs> think that this movie needs to be rewatched just so you can remind yourself um why you what shouldn't you subscribe to like Christianity or like, <laughs> All right, well, not quite a clean sweep. Special guest star Chase has decided to disrupt it with a one out of four would watch it again. Three out of four of us would not, but listener at home, what do you Cinema think? Cinema scab. Uh, you can watch the version Chase did on YouTube that doesn't have audio for a sequence, and I highly recommend it. You don't need it all. Just play any royalty-free music. You'll you'll get the same vibe. <laughs> oh my God, good idea. I was going to say you should play Darud Sandstorm. Oh my god, we should play that. That one might work too. Maybe it's baseball movies. So check it out. Is it even worth the first watch and is it worth a second? Let us know. All right, well, that is it for Sports Ball Month. Um, We are going to be taking a little break next month, but we are going to be back after that with a very special 200th episode of the podcast. Cannot wait to see what we do for that because you guys haven't told me what you're torturing me with yet. So, Casey... Any hints? Schmildo. (laughs) In the meantime, follow us on all the shits. SH.TTY Cinema on Facebook. Instagram, Casey.Cinema. Patreon slash Shitty Cinema or ShittyCinema.com. And check the show notes if I'm speaking too motherfucking fast for you. Now, in the meantime, let's turn out the lights. Hail Satan. And leave a wake of destruction in our children's path. That seems right. Huh?